0: I'm also drinking some tea, so there's probably going to be a lot of slurping noises between your hot cocoa and my tea.
1: Yeah, it'll take <laughs> me a while to get the, the hot cocoa.
0: I, when I was listening back to the first episode, guys, you know, we released it this week, so I was, like, listening to it to see what it sounded like on all the different um, platforms, like, to see if there's any difference in the audio, and it's, like, I have, like, a little bit of a cold. You can just hear me, like... <laughs> The whole, whole episode, I'm like, oh, God, I hope that doesn't, like, drive anyone crazy.
1: <laughs> Some of is going to drive everybody crazy. Mm, yeah. Do you know my, like, my patron saint of not giving a shit is that it was, like, Dave Zapansky or something. Who was, before Sword and Scale, he was, like, the true crime podcast guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you remember that? Or Have you ever listened to that? No, I haven't. Um, it was like, I think uh, during the time that serial was out and Sword and scale wasn't really that big, this guy, maybe it was Dan Zapansky, but he had this true crime podcast, and he just like could not edit it for shit. The audio sounded like <laughs> absolute trash every time. And in fact, I think a couple of times he interviewed people over the phone. And he doesn't know how computers work, so he would just, like, put the phone on speaker and then hold it next to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, all, like, almost every episode would start with him going, like, uh, I know a lot of people have complained about the editing. I don't know how to edit sound fi- files, so this is as good as it's going to get. You have to deal with it.
0: i I feel like i actually remember like listening to that because i kind of remember like giving up on on it
1: yeah i think we've talked about it before it was way back in the day
0: (sighs) right after i moved to new york hopefully no one gives up on us because i think our audio i forgot that for the first episode we um use that like on online recording thing so it just sounds like terrible like it sounds like a skype call you know
1: yeah, it's a little um, worse.
0: Yeah, it's a little like roboty or like when I'm laughing um it like cuts, you know, at the top of the laugh so it just gets like quiet. Yeah. Um so but I think we stopped that after the first episode. I think we immediately started like recording our own audio.
1: Yeah, it broke so. after the after the first episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it took me a couple episodes to get a pop filter, so there's probably some quote unquote vocal fry which is just how people say they don't like women's voices oh yeah (laughs) anyway so uh let's uh let's do the podcast yeah um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this week we watched a haunting um this was originally released on the discovery channel now there's a little bit of conflicting information about what year um, so I watched this on Amazon Prime um, under the Destination Truth channel, and it says that it's a 2011 release, so if you're, you know, looking for it there, that's that's the, the date. However, when I looked into the show a little bit more, um, it says that it, this episode actually aired in 2005. Um, so I don't know what that's all about, but I just wanted to note that because I like to make comments on fashion choices um so it's like important to know know the year and also helpful finding it but anyway so we watched episodes uh one and two of season one um of a haunting and this is a lot more of your like traditional reenactment show that we were all used to growing up i think um you know basically the concept of the show is there's like a mysterious unseen narrator with a deep masculine voice that tells the story the true story of a family and then it cuts back and forth between interviews with the real family and then um actors in the reenactment it's also like um you know back when tv wasn't like a beautiful amazing production so i think standards were a lot lower in terms of like acting and costuming and set design and everything so so that's um It's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, uh, But so the first episode is called Hell House. And it takes place in Connecticut. Um, So, oh, and it takes place in uh, 1988. So Bonnie and Sean move into a new house. And um, the kids start experiencing uh, supernatural phenomena. Even before they move in, one of their daughters has like a premonition or she, they call it a premonition but basically she just feels really uncomfortable their nine-year-old son uh he keeps having experiences and and nobody really kind of believes him and then slowly over time they all start having experiences so they bring in lorraine motherfucking warren and um also uh and uh, i don't know they kind of don't do much or something, um, then the then uh, there's like a demon and they have to exorcise the demon and they do a bunch of like weird um, exorcism rules that I've never heard of before, um, which I definitely want to get more into. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, what happens at the end? Oh... Uh- more ghosts there's more ghosts later yeah (laughs) sorry that was terrible that was a terrible review (laughs) you got you got all
1: the high points oh no (laughs) i have it i have it in my notes at the end oh yeah yeah we're gonna get to the end
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah but basically like i think all of these episodes are probably the same which is like a family moves into a house and they experience supernatural phenomenon what i guess is unique about this one is that um there's like an exorcism and Lorraine and Ed Warren are in it so um there's a definite
1: tonal tonal shift between because I I was thinking about haunted because we watched that first yeah um and in haunted it's always like everybody's destined to be haunted their entire life like every story starts out when they're like a little kid but this, it's an older show. It's a different time. It's all about these people who live perfectly happy lives and then are suddenly haunted all at once, uh, which is just an interesting, like, cultural shift.
0: Dif- very different vibe. Um, <laughs> so.
1: Like, the overall mm. message of haunted seemed to be just kind of a life as hell kind of thing. Um, but this one is more like buying a house is pretty scary.
0: Mm-hmm. I also think that this is, um, it has a lot to do with it being on the Discovery Channel. Like, it has a very, like, Discovery Channel vibe, you know?
1: I do remember watching this as a kid.
0: Yeah, it's just, like, nothing super, like, it's, like, you can kind of just have it on in the background. It's, like, a little bit spooky, but there's nothing happening in it that's, like, super disturbing, super scary. Like, you know, it's, like, a made-for-TV thing, uh... You know, you're supposed to just, like, watch it and then be like, ooh, well, okay, time for bed, you know? It's like Unsolved Mysteries, kind of. Like, it's, like, that kind of vibe. Yep. You know, if Unsolved Mysteries was, like, a super poorly produced show you'd never heard of. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. So, one of my favorite things about this show is some of the, like, weird lines that are in it. Like, people just... People and the narrators just say weird shit all the time. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things that they, they talk about in this episode is, of course, uh, you know, it's taking place in Connecticut, so we're, they're blaming Native American people from the get-go. Um, so they basically say that, you know, this is Native American land, and then it was settled in um, 1692. Um, so there's basically legions they say there are legions of the dead that outnumbered the living um in this area (laughs) yeah um Uh, that's also
1: that's true of like every area
0: yeah i think what they're getting at is that this is like a very early settled area Mm. so there's just like a lot of dead people there i guess (laughs) i don't know what that has to do with anything but uh, it just um,
1: increases the chances that some of them would be ghosts, I guess. Although it doesn't matter because it's a demon, so.
0: Yeah, um, so it takes place in 1988, and Sean, Sean and Bonnie have three kids: Jeremy, who's nine year old nine years old, Jennifer, who's fifteen year old fifteen years old, and the oldest daughter, whose name they never say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The eponymous oldest daughter.
0: <laughs> um, so one of the first things that happened is Jeremy, the nine-year-old, um, he's getting like spooked out. He's hearing stuff. Um, you know, he's having blankets pulled off him. He's scared. Um, and so he goes and he stands over his mom. You know that like lurking thing that kids do? Like where they just stand over you and stare at you.
1: Yeah, I did that a lot as a kid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, scared. you know, you're not supposed to wake your parents up, but you're scared. So you just stand there and you scare the living shit out of them.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote his name down. Jeremy seems like way scarier than the ghosts.
0: No, I, was, oh yeah, I wrote like, <laughs> Jeremy keeps scaring the shit out of people with the lurking. He also does it to his sister later. And she's like, you Jeremy, sleep... what the
1: fuck? You can't sleep peacefully in this house. Jeremy is always
0: watching jeremy's he's waiting <laughs> um so his mom uh gives him this one of those flashlights that it can change different colors it has like different little screens i don't know 80s toys and um yeah. she tells him that if you put it on green and you shine at the monster that will that will make the monster go away it's a magic flashlight <laughs> and then the the real mom not the reenactment actress like the interviewed real mom she says yeah he bought into it so <laughs>
1: <laughs> again and i i reiterate this because we've talked about parents kind of giving into the the ghost belief um yeah. i would not be reassured at all if my mother gave me a flashlight specifically designed to protect people from monsters
0: Oh, and she pays for that later when, like, they all believe in the ghosts, so they're all, like, sleeping in the living room, and he keeps, there's, like, a whole scene where he keeps turning on the flashlight, and everyone's like, Jeremy, fucking stop it. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, like, fighting, because he just keeps turning it on, because he's scared. <laughs> so that that comes back to bite her in the ass. That was not, not that was not the smartest parenting move. Mm-hmm. I've, I just love when she's like, yeah, the freaking idiot, he totally bought into it, is, like, the <laughs> tone of that. She doesn't say sort of. the idiot part, but it's really funny.
1: <laughs> well, those good short-term parent gains.
0: Um. So then the next um, so I had mentioned that the oldest daughter she felt like weird from the beginning. So we'll we'll get back to her. But the second person to kind of other than Jeremy to kind of have an experience is Jen, who is the 15-year-old daughter, and she says she um. So they show her bed shaking. Um, in the reenactment, but the interview, uh, in the interview, Jen says that a fist came through the mattress and she was sure it was a human fist. So I just wrote, she was getting ghost fisted. <laughs> I, I know that was like a really corny joke, but it's just so weird that she was like, she says fist like multiple times, like specifically like a fist was hey, punching through the mattress.
1: It's a different time. Fists did not have quite the connotation that they have now.
0: Oh, I think... No. Oh, no, fisting existed in the 80s.
1: Yeah, but the people didn't make jokes about fisting. It was just like a legitimate thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Now
1: we're all too juvenile. You can't say fist without thinking about fisting.
0: <laughs> um, also... It's pretty clear that the costumers in this uh, in this episode made absolutely no attempt whatsoever to pretend that it was 1988 because Jen is just wearing low-rise jeans with her midriff out the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was, is just, you know, that's a very, like, 2005, very, like, you know, early-o's. You wouldn't wear that in the 80s. Um, so I just thought that was funny. Uh, so... After um, Jen has a few more experiences, she goes and she finds her mom in the garden and she's like, can I talk to you? And the the real Jen is saying, I was hysterical. And then they pan to the actress Jen and she's just extremely calmly explaining (laughs) her experiences (laughs) to her mom and is like not hysterical at all. (laughs) Which is funny because later on, it's like the opposite where like they describe something like what the actresses or actors are doing is just like really out of this world. Um, but this part, that part was funny. Um, so the mom finally believes them and it's time to call Lorraine and Ed Warren. Um, and they kind of they actually do have Lorraine on as the real Lorraine interviewing, um, but they have a reenactment um, actor and actress playing them. And they really kind of did Lorraine sort of dirty, I think, with the reenactment actress. Yeah. Yeah, like, she was way older than Lorraine was in 1988. She looked older than Lorraine looked in the 2005 filming. So they just picked, like, a very older older woman. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to talk about anyone's, like, looks negatively. But, like, Lorraine, I think, was kind of, like, a little bit prettier when she was younger. So, yeah, they did.
1: Just... They picked a little bit of a heavier woman. And Lorraine's, for an older woman, has had a pretty rockin' bod throughout, I think.
0: Yeah, she's very... It's not only, like, that the actress was a little bit, like, you know, heavier set. Like, she was big. Like, a big... Per- like, just tall, you know? Um, and Lorraine yeah. is, like, really tiny. Um, So they just kind of picked someone that looked nothing like her and was, like, way older than she even was in two thousand and five. <laughs> so it's kind of and then the, the actresses the way that she was acting was also like really I think like I guess quote unquote like doing Lorraine dirty because we've we've watched like, you know, Lorraine actually do an investigation and she basically just walks around and is like, I don't feel great. Um you know, like that's that's it really. Like she's calm, you know? Like yeah. and um this lady's like when she like has an experience the overreaction there's like lights flashing and she looks like she's like you know having like a stroke or something and it's just like the 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 overreaction of the fake lorraine is just so like bad um even for a show like this but it's especially bad because they have the real lorraine on who does not act like that when she's doing investigations you know um i don't know she just seems like like she says the real Lorraine, like, says wacky stuff sometimes, but she's normally, like, acting. Her whole demeanor is pretty calm normally, you know? Um, yeah,
1: she vibes in a a likeable way.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I so did look I... up okay. the, the price of Ed and Lorraine's services.
0: Oh, thank uh, God. Why? Because <laughs> I'm so curious.
1: Oh, oh uh, you'll be happy to know, I was very pleased to find out that um, they just did that for free all they of the money so. that they made was from book deals and movie deals and stuff
0: i thought so yeah because they wrote um like nine books
1: yeah uh, it's just uh kind of blows my mind that even after they got so famous they're still it's like ah, whoever wants us to help will help because we're going to turn a buck off it you know just selling it to the people who want it
0: yeah but i think oddly
1: that, respectable that...
0: Yeah, I think they kind of talk about that a little bit in like the uh, Conjuring maybe, or like just sort of like the. I don't know, like, like you were saying before, like they were kind of controversial because they were seen as like hucksters. But also yeah. like, you know, they were doing this for like free. So they kind of had to go on all those shows and like get all those book deals and stuff in order to like do that full time. But also, on the other hand, you could say, well, the only reason they're doing that is so that they have content for their book deals. So it's kind of like, you know, there, there's two sides to everything. Um, but yeah, I had like heard that it was free before. But I am curious. They must be paid to be on these shows.
1: Like I I'm sure they up. help
0: people for free that are not on a TV show. But or they did. I mean, obviously, they're they're not alive anymore. But or I don't right. know about Ed, actually. I know Lorraine died like not that long ago.
1: But. yeah ed has to be he might even be dead during the show because he wasn't interviewed or anything
0: well and lorraine was like in the conjuring um there's yeah. like a there's like a shot um where they're giving a talk like at a college and she's in the crowd like the real lorraine and that wasn't that long ago you know yeah so eh. anyway we're getting off topic here but
1: it's because we love lorraine so much
0: well, not as much as Chip, but I I do think it's like I do think it's like intre- like she's an interesting figure, you know.
1: I, I would know. pick Lorraine over Chip. Really? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Okay.
1: Especially after finding out that Lorraine did all this stuff for free. Chip charges everybody. Not to throw shade at know. our our BFF Chip.
0: Well, yeah, you know. You got to got to secure the bag, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't blame anyone for charging for, like, anything, but, uh, yeah, eh, I don't know. Jury's still out, I guess, for me, with Chip versus Lorraine.
1: Well, we got him planned for some more episodes, so we'll we'll see how things turn out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the jury's still out. It's kind of like, I can go either way, I need more information. Um... All right, so anyway, so the, I the next thing that I have that happens is um the grandma comes to visit and um, so the grandma is sitting alone in her room watching murder TV.
1: yeah, the murder channel, you know.
0: <laughs> and all, and she sees like a reflection of like sh- of like three dudes in the TV or the TV's like turning on and off and she sees a reflection. when she turns around, there's nothing there. And then when she turns back, a cardboard cutout from uh, <laughs> Knoble's haunted house pops up, <laughs> and she like freaks out. <laughs> yeah, and like uh, leaves. She like won't stay at their house anymore. <laughs> but yeah, just for reference, Knobles is like basically like imagine if a car- like one of those moving carnivals that it feels like you're going to die on one of the rides and then it's going to just disappear the next day. Um, Knobles
1: doesn't move.
0: Well, that is what Knobles is. It's like if that place was there all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Phoenix makes a lot of noises that it, it shouldn't.
0: Oh, I don't go on that. Are you, are you kidding? That's scary. Like, not because it's a roller coaster, because it's like... <laughs> I don't it looks like be it's gonna one, fall apart. I don't want to be one of those like YouTube channels that's like the Phoenix roller coaster disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, that's how I felt about the cyclone in New York too. like it's like this it's not like a scary roller coaster other than the fact that it's like about to come off the track at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the real danger is what's scary. <sighs> um but yeah, the cardboard cutout it just kind of like... It's, like, the reason why I say it's, like, a cardboard cutout from a haunted house is that it, like, it's, like, an image that they edit in that's, like, sideways, and then it pops up straight. It's not, like, a a person that they, like, have CGI to create or anything. It's just, like, they edit it in, like, a still picture popping up. <laughs> popping up. It's, like,
1: a JPEG pop scare.
0: Yeah. Um. So... They bring back, or oh, oh. So they had told the fam- Ed and Lorraine had told the family to take pictures, uh, whenever something happens. Um, and have, we know. Oh.
1: Before you go on, I do have uh one note. I have two notes about the grandma situation. Okay. Um, one is that that looked like like a colonial kind of ghost, uh, that somehow still knows how to operate a television, it was just <laughs> turning it on and off. Yeah. I just thought that that was funny. And the, the daughter, I think, goes into, oh no, I think this is after the photo stuff. So you might be headed in this direction.
0: That's just what I was going to talk about. Was it like, not the daughter, but the, um, like Jen goes in to take pictures because Ed and Lorraine had told her to do that. Right. Is that what, and it's like 35 degrees in there.
1: Yeah. She says it's 35 and there's just no fucking way.
0: That's really cold.
1: I don't care how many fucking ghosts are in your room. It's not 40 degrees colder than the rest of the house.
0: Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, So she takes, Jen takes these pictures and they show them to Ed and Lorraine. And there's, they show the real picture in the show and it's, there's like a little um, orb or like, I don't know. There's like a part of the photo where there's like a little white oblong circle thing a dust
1: speck if you will
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you want to
1: know what it looks like it looks like a smudge
0: (laughs) and the rain's like this is very bad and um bonnie's like what do you mean it's just like something wrong with the film right and the rain's like no it's a high level demon (laughs) you know as opposed to those rookie demons (laughs)
1: this was like a level one or two demon I wouldn't be worried about it
0: it's like this is the demon that you fight at the end of the video game it's
1: like the boss demon I'm gonna get so many experience points for this one
0: I mean she's pretty old so in this one so she already has a lot I would say I would say um and then so they bring in some other people on the team it's not just ed and lorraine so they have this um medium named lee they do not have lee being interviewed um and the only thing i can imagine um is because of what occurs with this (laughs) lee actress um so basically the demon possesses lee and it makes her start doing what they call automatic writing um, and she's writing Get out, Get out. But I wrote that this like Demon has some pretty nice handwriting because she's writing it in a pretty cute like cursive handwriting.
1: little hearts on the eyes and stuff.
0: <laughs> um, and then they interview one of the cameramen camera or not cameramen like um, he's like one of the tech team people that's there to like set up camera and audio to like collect evidence. you know, like he's not a cameraman of the Discovery Channel. He's like a cameraman of Lorraine and Ed's team. Mm-hmm. And he, they're interviewing him, and I don't know, I just wrote this down because I thought it was really funny, but he said about watching this happen to Lee, he said, it hits you in your soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody know knows that just, feeling. You know when your soul gets <laughs> hit? Yeah. I just thought that was weird. Um, so then they're uh, still interviewing these um, camera dudes um, that are doing some kind of quote-unquote, science in the house. Like, and Lorraine leave, Lee leaves, and it's just these dudes here. And this is totally glossed over. It's not explained at all. But they say, they discovered several human entities and one demon entity that was controlling all the human entities. And I just wrote, how? How did they discover that? (laughs) Like, that's not explained at all. Like, they just decided that, you mean? I think you mean decided, not discovered. (laughs) right <laughs> invented
1: <laughs> yeah I mean the the only evidence that they have is I think we saw the grandma see three dudes in the back of her TV yeah uh, and then the portal I guess was the demon but I don't think anybody ever actually said that that was true and that was confirmed I think
0: yeah, it's kind of just, like, these dudes just, like, say that. And then that's yeah. what we're running with. Um, so, Lee and Lorraine come back. And Lee starts jonesing for paper. Like, <laughs> she's she's shaking. And she's like, give me the paper! Give me the paper! And she starts writing again, doing more automatic writing. And she writes down... um some uh names or something um that george they later... robertson i think yeah yeah george robertson that's right i didn't even write it down because i w- what i wrote here <laughs> so basically like after she does that the family goes to the library to try to confirm it and i just wrote you're not gonna believe what they found because that's what she says like oh you won't believe what we found at the library <laughs> but i wrote the medium also went to the same library
1: and <laughs> <laughs> we saw her there <laughs> When we checked out the book, we could see her name written. She had just rented it out before we did.
0: <laughs> no, it's like so. They obviously they find the George Robinson thing right away, and this for them is confirmation that he's one of the ghosts.
1: They do actually. Uh, they do also have a scene when she's writing that stuff down. And she pushes the table into Ed Warren. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she pushes him straight into a door, and if I was Ed Warren, I would have just like turned the knob and just let her push me through the door. It's
0: okay, bye bye.
1: Like, what are you gonna do now, demon? <laughs> Table stuck on the door frame, you idiot.
0: <laughs> I really want to see you on like a ghost investigation team.
1: I would be way better than Ed Warren, at least.
0: I mean, I haven't seen. Uh, there's. I haven't seen an interview with him because I think, like, I don't know. I haven't seen, like, the real Ed Warren much. So I'm going to go with yeah, um, you probably, but <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. Uh, so after this happens, Ed and Lorraine have a priest come and bless the house. And basically it doesn't work. And... uh bonnie starts obsessively drawing um and she believes that she's drawing this other spirit anna and they show the picture the real picture that bonnie drew and it's like completely illegible (laughs) at this point um so you know but things are things aren't better so they go back to ed and lorraine and lorraine says well blessing made the spirits angry so when they came back they were like more pissed off and i was like okay well if blessing just makes the spirits angry why did you do that
1: (laughs) yeah good point
0: so the spirits are pissed now so they play book dodgeball with the family and uh
1: right before that is our our favorite flashlight scene that we were alluding to before (laughs) Yeah, and they're this... like,
0: shut, th- shut the fuck up, Jeremy, with your stupid flashlight, and then book dodge while all the books start flying off. The... Yeah.
1: That scene for me indicates exactly how seriously the family took the ghost, because <laughs> the mother explained to the son that the ghost kills ghosts, or that the flashlight kills ghosts, or whatever, and the first thing he does is start fucking around with it. <laughs> And then she, knowing that he believes that it destroys ghosts, threatens to take it away from him if he won't stop fucking around with it. As if to say, if you don't stop flashing that flashlight in your sister's face, I'm going to let you get eaten by the ghosts.
0: (laughs) I feel like my parents said stuff like that to me, though.
1: (laughs) Oh, definitely. (laughs) It's just funny to see it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I know, like, I'm sure, like, like, didn't your parents threaten to, like, leave you places when you were, like, fighting on a road trip? Like, they're just like, I'll pull over and just leave you here on the side of the road to die.
1: All the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a lot more scary than I'm going to let the ghost get you. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, then a real, a real, like, murderer can get you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and
1: then I love the, the books start getting thrown. And everybody's just like, fuck, if only we had a flashlight for this situation.
0: So after that happens, Lorraine's like, okay, <clears throat> we have to have an exorcism. However, now this is the part I've never heard of before. They say that the exorcist, like the priest, has to fast for a very long time. So he can't come until after Christmas.
1: <laughs> and yeah. Like,
0: yeah, that's kind of suspicious. Like, it kind of sounds like father just wants to, like, stay home for Christmas. <laughs> Because I've never heard of the fasting shit before.
1: Yeah. And what is he going to do? Fast through Christmas? He's not going to eat like turkey or ham or whatever they got?
0: No. Bullshit. No way. He's a Catholic priest. Christmas in Catholicism is like a big fucking deal. Like, yeah. No, he was just like, yeah, I'll be there after Christmas. Yeah. Demons can wait, you know. I got figgy pudding to eat. Um it's
1: cranberry sauce with my name on it. Ghost or no ghost.
0: And Bonnie's like, asks Lorraine if they should go to like a motel or something because they're so freaked out. And Lorraine says, no, it's, you know, that's not going to work because the demons can follow you. Um, and Bonnie then says, the real Bonnie, this is a quote, and like, and anyway, I'm not the type of person to give up my home to a dead person. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? What type of person is that? Does that scenario come up enough for that to be a type of person?
1: Now, you and I both know a couple of people who would give up their house for a dead person. Let's be honest here. You could tell when you look at somebody.
0: Yeah. Well, luckily I don't have to do that because I have a cat and he goes around and screams at the ghosts all night to keep me safe, so.
1: It fixes yeah. the ghost and the friend situation. <laughs>
0: I do not have a friend situation. (laughs) Speak for yourself. I totally have a friend. Other than you. (laughs) Shut up. Um, Is it Mushu? (laughs) Shut up! Shut up! So for, so now they show more of Bonnie's drawing. and the rest of her drawing is like a pyramid with like some ghosts flying out of it and it has like a, an illumination at the top of the pyramid. Um, so I just wrote Illuminati ghosts. <laughs> it's a possibility. We haven't seen those yet, so yeah. Uh, then Grandma decides to come back for Christmas and she immediately gets 104 fever and goes to the hospital and she can't pray except backwards however the way the scene is set up is they're like the grandma's like hey will you guys pray with me and they're like yeah and so she starts and she just goes amen and I thought that's not how praying works and then they like established that she was praying backwards but at first I was like did they just not research what prayers sound like amen goes at the end
1: <laughs> you know. could be either um, way
0: yeah um and amen then is same... like a
1: uh, aloha it means hello and goodbye god
0: no oh, it doesn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh. it does
0: oh my gosh um and at the same time the older daughter who has no name totals the car um, so they decide that both of these things are somehow related to ghosts. Not related to that. It is winter when many people get sick and get in car accidents because it's winter in Connecticut where it gets very cold and snowy. But no, definitely demons cause this.
1: Could be anything.
0: Ooh. Um, so anyway, the priest shows up. They're going to do the exorcism. exorcism. Now... This is the part I was confused about, because I was like, they're going to exorcise a house? That doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. So they say, well, we can't do an exorcism on the house. So what we're going to do is we're going to have that Lee lady come back, and we're going to invite the demon to possess her, and then we're going to do an exorcism on Lee, and that'll get rid of the demon. Somehow, I don't know. It's like a multi-step process. (laughs) Yeah. Like, first they have to get someone to get possessed so that they can do the exorcism. It just seems like like a a very convoluted way to get rid of the ghost. Like
1: So, Rube Goldberg exorcism.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Have they just tried, like, having a near-death experience or, like, going to Whole Foods and getting a sprig of fresh sage and, like, throwing it around the house or maybe some feather stroking? Maybe
1: the house can die for a couple of minutes. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, so, I don't even know. I don't even have anything to say. It's like, whatever you think happened in this scene, whatever you're imagining, that's exactly what happened. It's completely over-the-top exorcism scene where, like, the Lee actress, like, breaks out of the wooden chair and they're like, oh, my God, how did she do that? It's not humanly possible to break a chair.
1: Yeah, I am... Um, I- I made a note of that because they say like oh how could how could she do that? She broke the legs right off the chair it's not hard. I'm a <laughs> hundred forty pound man i I can break the the legs off the chair
0: yeah like especially if you're like tied to it and you're like standing up and sitting down and like and using it's an, the an force old fucking whole... wooden chair yeah like it I don't know. It, that's why I was saying it's like exactly what you think it is, where it's like she's like overreacting and they're like making a big thing out of nothing, kind of. Yeah. Um, so then you might be thinking, why did they bring up the Native American thing in the <laughs> beginning? Because that doesn't seem relevant. Well, let me tell you, they did not forget about it. Forty five minutes later, we we got like, you know, a couple minutes till the show's over they say basically this exorcism worked and then years later they start doing construction across the street and they dig up a native american burial ground and now new ghosts are back so you may have thought this had nothing to do with native americans but don't worry they're still the scapegoat for all haunting (laughs)
1: it's at the exact time code where you're like oh this is way better than haunted where they would just to like blame everything on or no it, paranormal state was the one that would blame everything on native american burial grounds yeah and as soon as they lull you into that false sense of not being racist then they just jump right <laughs> back in yeah
0: exactly exactly um and at least haunted or at least paranormal state didn't do it every single episode but as we get towards episode two, we find out that this is going to probably be a re theme with this show. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Anything else to say about episode one before we move on?
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good.
0: Okay. Um, so this is episode two. It's called The Haunting of Summer Wind. Uh, and the story takes place in 1969 in Wisconsin. Do you want to give the little brief summary
1: yes uh i I forgot everybody's name except for the the mother ginger ginger Um,
0: is the mom arnold is the stepdad april is the daughter that has a name the rest are unnamed um and then everyone else is named raymond i think (laughs) (laughs) i just i just wrote that down because it's very confusing but i think everyone else is named raymond (laughs)
1: I did not notice that. It's it's so much harder. I, I started paying it more attention to people's names, which is why I remember gingers. Um, but everybody in the show is like a Mormon family with like five kids. Um, I don't, so it's, it's I don't hard think sometimes. they're
0: Mormon. I think it's just like they all take place in nineteen seventy. There was like you know, there wasn't the internet, there was nothing else to do but have kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
0: It's like I mean how many people do, I know like multiple people that are having a baby and that's just because there has been a pandemic for nine months, you know? Could you imagine if, like, you know, there was just no internet for your entire life? <laughs> How many kids do you know? <laughs> But anyway, I'm really excited to be, like, a get to hold a bunch of babies in a couple of months.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, anyway. Haunting so, of yeah. Wind. <laughs>
1: The Haunting of Summerwind is uh, the story about Ginger and her husband, Arnold. They buy a uh, kind of a dilapidated mansion that they call Summerfield, right?
0: Summerwind.
1: Summerwind, sorry. Same difference. immediately forgot it. Uh, (laughs) I I did some research on this one. Not the real name of the house anyway. So so they move into Summerwind. And then things are going very, very swimmingly. They're renovating the entire mansion. Uh and then suddenly the father Arnold uh starts getting more and more crazy and then continues to play uh the organ, he loses his job uh and he becomes increasingly hostile towards everyone in the house. Uh it's at that time that they all move out of the house and then her father and uh, her brother, I think, buy the house and then try to renovate it themselves, thinking that the ghosts were just some kind of joke. And then they have their own experiences.
0: Yeah. That's a pretty pretty good summary. Um, <laughs> um, So the first thing that I have is, like, the way that Ginger finds this house is one of her friends tells her about it. Um, And her friend and she says that that this house was known around the neighborhood as, quote, the old haunted house, unquote, like as if that's a nickname that was very specific to this house or something. Mm -hmm. It's just very like the way she says it is not like as if it's the most generic thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: Right. Um, Uh, I guess I should start busting out my research now. Uh, It was not known as that. In fact, (laughs) nobody claimed that it was haunted before uh, she had moved in, Um, technically, until her father started renovating it. Yeah. Um, And they had referred to it as the Lamont Mansion, because that's what it was called. And uh, colloquially, it was the place where teenagers hang out and drink. (laughs) (laughs) So... Not not that spooky when you put it in those terms.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think every town has one of those, you know. Um, so they buy this mansion. And then Ginger says that the first strange thing that happens is she is inexplicably, inexplicably... I can't Go say ahead. the word.
1: You got it. I believe in you. <laughs>
0: Um, she's driven to restore the house in a way that's unexplainable. And, uh, I think it's pretty explainable. Like, you just bought a fucking mansion and you probably sunk a bunch of money into it and now you gotta, like, get this shit livable. But she describes that as somehow supernatural, that she's actually driven to, uh, (laughs) restore the house that she bought with the intention to restore it.
1: And it's really not inexplicable. There, some people are just like that. Like, yeah. that, that my apartment, I don't care. If I've got popcorn ceilings, I probably won't notice for half a decade. Uh, <laughs> but some people are like, oh, this the color of this wall is off by, like, two degrees of white.
0: Yeah, that's it's called being a Virgo.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so... Arnold starts acting really weird. You mentioned that he stops going to work. He loses his job. He's just playing the organ all the time, which we will talk about more later. <laughs> um, but one of the scenes that they decide to reenact to show how crazy he was getting was um, that they're saying he just starts like yelling at the at the kids um, more and more in like ways that he never did before. And the reenactment is showing the actor screaming, "Where is that raccoon?" <laughs>
1: You're going to go over into the and forest and find that raccoon.
0: <laughs> go there. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And then after they show that part, they cut and they explain that they had a pet raccoon. Right. <laughs> but before, which is weird. Enough. I mean, it's, it's a thing. People have pet raccoons. It's odd, though. And it's odd enough them having us not having any context and having this guy just screaming where is that raccoon <laughs> it's like what the fuck is happening
1: <laughs> like, for a long time they go without explanation
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's like i was thinking for a second you know if you are in if you're lip syncing and like a play or something they t- they some little tricks they tell you is like to mouth watermelon or like different words to make it look like you're singing the words if you don't know yeah. them and I thought that the actor they were just like just yell and he <laughs> didn't know that they were going to keep the audio so he was just yelling where is that raccoon and they just kept it in like by accident or something
1: <laughs> yeah it, I got that sense too where I'm like did they leave this audio in when they shouldn't have or <laughs> they meant to like disguise it a little bit
0: um, and then it goes right from that very dark. Um, April explains, yeah, actually what happened was Arnold killed our pet raccoon as a punishment. So.
1: A little excessive. Arnold,
0: he was really losing his shit. Um, so uh, Ginger's feeling really down because her husband is like killing raccoons and playing the organ all the time. So she decides to invite over some of her friends. A little and, pick me up. Well, she's in the kitchen getting some cheese and crackers, her friends see a ghost and they scream and they run out of the house and she comes in and, sh- and she sees the ghost as well. Um, and then she says that her friends never talk to her ever again.
1: <laughs> yeah. and I was like,
0: that's kind of brutal. I mean, like, I get like not wanting to go back to her house, but just like, you know what? I'm fucking done with you forever. <laughs> that's kind of. Like, what? Why? Because
1: she's haunted. I loved that scene. There's a lot of scenes. I really loved this episode. Um, but she invites the friends in, and they're like, oh, she did such a good job. This place looks amazing. And then they cut to her in the fucking kitchen, and there's, like, a big black stain right behind the, the sink. Like, everything looks dirty and, like, crumbling.
0: Yeah, like, she hadn't, like, renovated that part yet. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be whispering, like, "Oh my God, like, look at like what she's done with this place. Like, they live in a mansion. Like, this is crazy." Or if they were whispering, like, "This place is still fucking dingy. What the fuck?" (laughs) (laughs) Um, so let's get back to the organ playing a little bit more. Um, Please. So they (laughs) it goes on and on, um, and the. Real Ginger is explaining that his songs were just getting more and more evil. But what they show is his songs getting more and more annoying, in my
1: opinion. Yeah.
0: They just get less and less Uh, song-like.
1: I put in my notes that it sounds like The Doors.
0: (laughs) And then Ginger is, like, so frustrated by, I guess, the organ playing... That They say that she sought refuge in the woods, which I would assume, like, if I was someone who was writing this reenactment and the interviewee said, oh, I sought refuge in the woods, I would show someone, like, taking long walks in the woods. But what they show is the actress sleeping in her nightgown on the forest floor. Like, she just leaves her kids and goes and sleeps in the forest (laughs) because she's sick uh, of the
1: organ. The annoying organ music plays in the background, yeah weird choice Um, probably not what she meant
0: yeah it's super weird so things start escalating like because they're running out of money right because like arnold lost his job and it seemed like ginger it seemed like ginger was like a stay-at-home mom um so basically like they don't have any utilities anymore and it's a really cold night and they're all in front of the fireplace trying to stay warm and for some reason i wrote this down because it was so weird and ginger just said i hated the wind I still hate it now, and I was like, w- w- "Why did that make the house colder? Like, did the wind cut through the house, or like it just is totally unexpl- <laughs> unexplain? explain why she says that? Why they kept it in?" Um, yeah, I
1: don't, I don't like the cold. I don't know if I hate. I don't blame it on the wind.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And then, and then she's like all freaked out about Arnold, and they show like the actress like holding a knife. Like hiding a knife. And then she's like finally just like so frustrated that she decides, you know what? I actually have a dad that can get me out of this whole situation. And I haven't called him earlier because I was too prideful, but I'm going to do that now. Yeah. So she just calls her dad. He shows up in the Winnebago. They all jump in except Arnold. Arnold's like on like a balcony, you know, grimacing at them as they drive away. And then they say, they never heard from Arnold again yeah so is she still technically married to him like if you never heard from him again you didn't get them divorce papers signed right (laughs) is he alive like what happened to Arnold (laughs) that's
1: that's what led me to my research because I wanted to hear Arnold's perspective because what what sounds likely to me is that She wanted to buy this mansion and thought that it was a really good deal. And he was apprehensive about it. And then when she talked him into it and then he lost his job, then, like, he just got angry about his entire situation. And it wasn't really ghosts.
0: Yeah, that sounds very likely. I mean, I don't really think that, like, being killing a raccoon angry is explainable. But definitely, like... Getting really into playing the organ, that kind of makes yeah. sense, I guess.
1: I think killing the raccoons is explainable. It's probably not justifiable. <laughs> like, don't kill raccoons if you're mad. Um, but you know, they- if they have this like fancy pet that probably cost them a lot of money to buy special food for and shit.
0: I don't think they. They probably just. My grandfather had a pet raccoon, and normally the way you used to get them before it was, like, regulated was, like, you just found a baby one.
1: <laughs> just pick and one up.
0: Yeah, you're just like, oh, shit, where's his mom? I guess it belongs to me now. But I don't know. There's something, like, especially gruesome about killing a raccoon because they're just, they're just so cute. Like, they just got a little chonk, little chonky bodies, little human hands. They can turn on the faucet, and they wash their hands before they eat their food. They're like little people
1: little bandit masks. Yeah. Did you see that adorable video where they wash all their food? So somebody oh, thought it would be funny to give I them know what cotton you're just candy.
0: Say. Yeah, the cotton candy. And he's so sad. <laughs> His cotton candy disappears. I just want to take him to my house and give him as much cotton candy as he wants forever.
1: We probably shouldn't linger on how cute raccoons are too much.
0: <laughs> what? What, um... Yeah, what's this podcast about again? Right. Cats? No, ghosts, okay. It's fine. Let's move on. Um, So basically Ginger like never goes back to the house. Um, So like we skip ahead to uh, 1972. So let me just check here when it started. Uh, It was 1969, right? So it's a couple years later. Um, So basically what happened, which this is very strange. So Ginger moves out and the original owner buys the house back from her for some reason. I guess she's just nice. And then her dad just can't get this house out of his head for some reason. So he buys it back again. Which is so confusing. Um, and he says that the reason that he did it was because the house was like a wet puppy.
1: Yeah, I do remember him saying that. And it was a very strange analogy. <laughs>
0: And then they show the house. Now, it has only been three years, right? And the house is in extreme disarray to the point that it looks worse than when she first moved in before she, like, renovated it. So I don't know what these teenagers got up to in three (laughs) years. The house is, like, totally fucked.
1: Well, with the the house's ultimate fate, um, there was some, some allegations against the teenagers there.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the, the, Little Raymond and Big Raymond is what I'm calling them because for a long time I couldn't figure out f- who was Raymond. And eventually yeah. I realized they're both named Raymond, the dad and the brother. That, and they never explain that. They never say like Raymond Jr. or anything. They just keep calling them both Ray.
1: <laughs> that was what confused the hell out of me.
0: Yeah. Um, so... The brother, I guess it, the dad I guess my understanding was the dad owns it, but the brother was like renovating it. Um, yes, and the I believe that's the case. has an experience and he you know runs back and he's totally freaked out. Um, so now the dad is like, okay, I believe that it's haunted because a man has said it's haunted. Not my daughter. So (laughs) now I believe. So he does a little research and he goes and he talks to the original or to the lady that like bought the house. And she tells him the lady that he bought the house from. And she had actually bought it from the original owner, um, which I think their name was the Patterson's. Um, So she she tells him the story about the Patterson's. So basically the Patterson's. uh, Saw a ghost and they shot it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the whole story. But the way that they show this is they do like an inception thing where they show a reenactment within the reenactment where it's like this reenactment is black and white. So, you know, it's like the reenactment within the reenactment. And they just show this like old timey couple and they see this like really CGI ghost. And then he pulls out a handgun that is a contemporary handgun. It does not look anything like a kind of handgun you would get in the 1930s. Like I looked this up. And there were handguns that, like, looked kind of contemporary, but they were mostly used by the army. Most, like, an individual would probably have a revolver. So, anyway, he pulls out, like, just a, you know, whatever, like a Glock. And he (laughs) shoots the ghost. And then they run out of the house and they, like, never go back there again.
1: It's the best reenactment I've ever fucking seen. My favorite part is they're in the kitchen. That's the kitchen gun. (laughs) He opens that door and the ghost pops out and his instantaneous reaction is to open up the kitchen gun drawer, which nothing else in that drawer, just the kitchen gun. And then he immediately starts shooting at the ghost. There's no, it seems like he's prepared for this exact situation. I love that fucking scene so much.
0: I don't know, maybe in the nineteen thirties people just had guns and like hidden in every room.
1: Yeah. But it was like a
0: mansion, so how many guns do you think that they actually had? Oh fuck, it was
1: so good. It was so fast.
0: the most unnecessary thing because they could have just had the story in there. They didn't have to show it because it was just only like a minute long, but it's the best part of the whole 45
1: minutes. my <laughs> ghost because it's CGI, it doesn't react at all. It's just got this fucking <laughs> stoic face. <laughs> <Ooh. sighs> that was what I was waiting for this entire episode is that fucking, <laughs> that flashback.
0: Um. Okay so Ginger has been studying hypnosis
1: conveniently
0: that's her new job I guess <laughs> they, don't, they don't really explain um, so she asks her brother if she can hypnotize him uh, and he lets her and he gets all creepy and starts like saying I am strong over and over again and then she has to use like a cross that her children clearly made in catechism to like get him to come back <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's just a really a really goofy scene um so he, she's also I'm, been
1: studying exorcisms
0: oh she's
1: got a lot of free time now
0: <laughs> so afterwards they like listen back to the tape and little ray right so this story that we told about the the gun and everything big ray the dad knows this but the ginger and little ray don't know this so Little Ray tells them, well, actually, what happened at the house, like, the reason I got so freaked out is because I heard, I was upstairs, and I heard two gunshots. Um, so I got spooked. So I ran downstairs to see what was going on, and I saw that there was two gunshot holes in the door of in the kitchen, um, but they were really old. And then I saw a ghost. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, he doesn't say it like that. It's like it's like totally dramatic. But I just wrote the wiggly ghost is back because it's that same like stupid CGI like wiggly ghost. Yeah. Um. So now the dad really believes. So he wants to get hypnotized. <laughs> Even Not though really. Ray just freaked out. And he his like hypnotism thing. Um. It's like he he like astro projects or something. And he like goes into the basement of the house and he, he like breaks open this part of the wall and he finds a box that has a land grant in it for someone named Jonathan Carver, which is confusing, right? Because we had learned earlier that the original owners of the house were the Patterson's. So who's Jonathan Carver? So they go and they look this person up and they find out that he was a colonial figure This is all supposed because this seems highly unlikely to me. But he was (laughs) a colonial figure that negotiated a treaty between two different Native American tribes. And in return, they gave him a piece of land, uh, the piece of land that Summerwind was built on. Um, However, there was no proof. So I guess they don't really like explain this, but what I was inferring was that basically he... He, the land ended up in the hands of, like, the Pattersons or in the hands of other people because he was given this land, and, but there was, like, no proof of it. So the family is like, okay, we, this is, like, what's going on here, right? Like, we have the, the Jonathan Carver person, like, he feels like this land belongs to him because it was given to him by Native Americans, and he needs we need to find this land grant. So they go, and they go to the exact place in the house, and they break open the wall, and there's obviously nothing in there. <laughs> Right. And then and then they just go, Welp, there's no box. So let's just leave this mansion we bought twice forever. And then it burns down in nineteen eighty eight. The <laughs> end of end of episode. Amen. <laughs> also, all this like land grant shit happens in the last like five minutes of the episode where you're just like, wait, where is this going? So, they yeah, they didn't outright blame it on Native American ghost burial grounds, uh, but they still brought them in there a little bit. Um, I don't know. The whole story... Is I find it I found it so convoluted. Like it's just like they're buying the house, selling the house, buying the house. And then it was previously owned by these Patterson people, but actually this John Carver figure is some for some reason important and like they don't really totally explain why. And then also there's like two different reenactments within the reenactment where there's like the old flashback of like the 1930s ghosts, and also his like weird astral projection reenactment, and it's just like very very convoluted episode. Like I was paying extremely close attention. Like I had already eaten dinner at this point. Like I wasn't hungry. I was like focused, and I was like still like wait they're both named Ray. Wait they bought the house again. Like what is happening? They're not explaining this stuff fully. This is so confusing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if I if I didn't read the Wikipedia article, I probably wouldn't have realized that it was like her family that had rebought it because <laughs> uh, I would not even even registered that something that stupid would even happen.
0: It's so weird. And I don't even know why they threw in the, like, all the John Carver stuff. If literally the outcome was they went to the house, they couldn't find it, and then they're like, you know what, fuck this. Let's just, like, never come back here again.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, there's a. I can explain that, actually. Um, the father wrote a book about it, Um, And he sold the book for lots of money.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Almost this entire story was him just spicing it up for the book.
0: That makes sense.
1: There's also, uh, it burned down reportedly due to lightning. Yeah. Uh, But they never did confirm, and the jury is still out whether or not it was lightning or just teenagers had left a fire burning in the house and forgot about it.
0: I kind of hope it was teenagers because the idea that lightning can just strike a mansion and burn it to the ground like that, like what they showed was like, it was burned to the ground. Like there was nothing there but the foundation. And I was just like, Oh, I really hope that like, like now I'm like, I don't know. It's like storming here and there's a tornado right now. And like, I'm just like, now I'm like, Oh my God, do I have to like also be scared of lightning now? Like I'm already so scared of everything. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i think newer houses are protected you're probably safe hmm. a decrepit mansion where teenagers drink is probably not as safe
0: yeah it just not fun though
1: yeah it's old times too old for that now but
0: i remember when i was a kid my mom had this boyfriend and he he was like a handyman and he was doing some work for these people that they had um, he was. they had some land and he was doing work on this like little apartment complex that was on the land but there was also like a decrepit mansion on the land um, and he brought us up there and was just like uh, me and his kids and he was just like all right you can just go do whatever you want in that decrepit mansion and I just had we just had the time of our lives running around <laughs> this abandoned mansion like it was probably so unsafe. Like, I remember there was an elevator. We we're just like looking down the elevator shaft, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, 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 that's not even something that we like broke into. Like, with every, like, like, my mom and we were literally like, go have fun, kids.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, so fun being uh, a kid.
0: Nowadays. I know. My mom also used to like, tell me to just like go play in the forest because like we lived in the woods just like just go play in the forest you know no safer place for a kid to be than the forest
1: be back by like 10.
0: Yeah I think like maybe that's why I'm afraid of weird stuff now it's just like it's like I'm retroactively getting afraid for all the times I almost died (laughs) as a kid. Mm, It's all
1: that stored up fear.
0: Yeah, it's, like, now it's, like, I, I'm i afraid of, like, being in a car accident. But I wasn't afraid when I was, like, jumping off giant waterfalls with, like, no hospital within, you know, any close distance whatsoever. and <laughs> had, like, swimming holes and stuff. Like, I was just like, it's hot.
1: <laughs> you're mortal when you're a kid. Yeah. It's hard to die.
0: I feel like the closer I get to death, the more I'm aware of it. Like, are people that are really old just scared all the time?
1: Nah, I think they're pretty fed up with it. I'm in my 30s, and I'm already kind of like, eh, bring it on. <laughs> I'm not trying to die, but I wouldn't be particularly upset about it. You know?
0: You know what's funny is, like, when we were watching this one, I felt like I was less entertained than the other shows, but talking about it was a lot more entertaining.
1: <laughs> I I liked these shows. Um yeah. And I, I, I've definitely watched this show before, because um, I vividly remember that second episode when they're around the fireplace. Uh, oh. But I used well. to watch the Discovery Channel all the fucking time, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, we didn't have cable, so. But, so I'm guessing what you're saying is that you want to watch episodes three and four for next week?
1: Yeah. No, I love this show.
0: All right, awesome. All right, I'm down for that. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, well, I guess that's that's all. Um, well, if you want to email us, it's sucks at gmail.com. And also we have a website, com, But all that's on there is the podcast.
1: <laughs> so yeah. This-
0: if you're already listening to this, then you probably already know how to get the podcast <laughs> so uh, yeah well uh, i guess we're good for the night let's stop recording